Hey, everybody, this is a preview of today's members episode. If you want to hear the whole thing, head on over to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button, and become a member today. Merkel Media. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long, bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave, and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand, and he's running really fast, and spears... Dan holds him up like this. Somebody else, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blow his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touched air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yep. yep. to the show everybody You're listening to the confessionals podcast i'm your host tony merkel thanks for being here if you have a crazy wild experience you want to share with me on the show go ahead and shoot me an email my email address is contact at the confessionals podcast.com that's contact at the confessionals podcast.com or go to the website the confessionals podcast.com hit the contact section and you can reach me that way as well Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. Before we get into today's show, I want to remind you guys, we do have the t-shirt pre-sale orders going right now. The Logo t-shirt, the Beast of Bray Road t-shirt, and the Tennessee Bigfoot Hunter t-shirt pre-sales are going right now for members and the public. It's available to everybody. Go ahead, check it out. Theconfessionalspodcast.com slash store. The link is in the description of this episode. So if you're interested in getting those t-shirts now that they're available, go ahead and get them now because after the 30th of June, the pre-sales are ordered. We're sending off those orders to the shippers and they will no longer be available once again. So don't miss out on this opportunity to get these t-shirts. Now, today's show, we have Rhiannon coming on the show today and she talks about her experience in college. You see, she met a group of people who wanted to do a Bible study with her. They did the Bible study and then they lured her back to a building where they said she needed to get baptized. And that's where it gets really weird because this group made her change her clothing. They did this weird ritualistic baptism. And then the trouble ensued after the baptism, spiritual struggles. She had a lot of attachments. Newsflash, this wasn't any ordinary baptism. We get into this conversation and she talks about the things that happened after the baptism and the things that followed her since that baptism, including what seems to be a portal in her son's closet in the new house they just built. We get into that conversation as well. And I talk about how these doorways are gateways and portals to other realms at times. It's a good conversation. I hope you guys enjoy it. So let's get to Rhiannon right now.
Today we got Rhiannon on the show. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, doing well. Doing well. I am very glad you're here and uh, very intrigued by your story. When you sent the story over, Lindsay had talked to me about it and I was like, well, that's interesting. And I want to talk to her about it. So here you are. And um, basically to, to just kind of let the audience know, uh, you had an experience in college with what seems to be a, a cult. And uh, you got to be careful with those college campuses these days. Cults walking around everywhere, I guess. So, uh, you know, walk us into the situation, what the yeah. environment was for you, what happened, what, what got you involved with these people? Well, so starting off, I was, I was 18, just got into college and I had been really thinking about getting baptized. And of course I'd been baptized a couple of times before just as being a little kid. And when you're little, you don't really quite understand the depth of what that means. And so being 18, going into college, I was finally understanding the depth of that. And it meant a lot to me. And I've been praying to God about it for weeks about being baptized. Well, at this time, my boyfriend, who's now my husband, he was in boot camp in the Navy. So he wasn't around and I was just doing my thing in college. I got out of class early on Tuesday. It was a Tuesday morning and there's this center plaza that everybody's walking through. And there's these three people who approach me. They're all wearing black. It's two women and one man. And they come up to me like, like they just, like I was some kind of beacon almost. They came straight up to me. Would you want to do a Bible study with us? And I was like, well, sure. You know, I'm for that. Well, do you want to go inside or do you want to stay outside? I'm like, well, I'm with three strangers. So we're going to stay outside where other people are seeing. So we did a, like, I'm going to say quote unquote Bible study. It was like centered around the second coming. And at this time I had read revelations like six times, you know, it's a very, it's, it's a very in-depth chapter, chapter, um, book of the Bible. So I've already read it multiple times and they're going on about all their different like ideology. And I know there's a lot of different interpretations. And so I didn't want to judge, but I was just kind of like, yeah, okay, cool. And then just out of the blue, they go, well, you should come and get baptized. And my first thought was like, this isn't how I wanted to do this, <laughs> but I have been praying about it for weeks. I've been praying about it for weeks. And I was like, God, okay, you know, I'm, if this is what you want me to do, but I, I like pictured myself, you know, um, that story where Peter jump or jumps, steps out of the boat to walk out to Jesus. I was like, God, I am stepping out of the boat and I'm trusting you because I'd be leaving with three strangers that I just met. And it's already like highly questionable. But I said, okay, God. I'm stepping out of the boat and I'm putting all my faith, all my trust in you. And so we went and we drove. I, I grew up in Western Colorado, so I always have a pocket knife on me. I know how to pay attention where I'm going. 
we built a house. So if it came to the point of like being kidnapped, like I know how to get out. Yeah. So, um, I was paying attention to where we were going. It wasn't very far from campus. It was like a mile straight. And we get to this building that looks like a corporate building. It's like not even a church. I'm like, okay, this is weird. And we get in and it smells like old lady lotion. Like it's like almost sticky. Like the smell was like sticky. I'm like, ugh, okay. We go down these little stairs and they take me into this room. I'm like, okay, here's some robes you can change into. Like these weird kind of ribbed, velvety, periwinkle blue robes. Super ugly. And so I got dressed. And while I'm getting dressed, I turn around and I look in the corner and there's a freaking bathtub just randomly in the corner of this room. It's not a bathroom. It's a, there's a bathtub with like two steps going up to it. And my heart just sank. I was like, no, they're, they're a church. They have to be more classy than that. I'm like, okay, whatever. Get my clothes folded. I open the door and they're like standing in the threshold. They don't, they're not even standing two steps back. They're like standing in the threshold. And they're like, oh, you ready? I'm like, uh-huh. Expecting like go somewhere else. And they step in. I'm like, oh, God. Okay, okay. So he has me kneel, like standing on my knees in the bathtub with my hands pressed together. And he doesn't fill the bathtub. He has this, it's like a plastic Tupperware bowl. And then like this kind of, it's not a ladle, but it's kind of like a measuring cup but it's bigger than a cup, if that makes sense. And he just fills it with the tap water. And this, this detail is very important because he did not put anything in the water that he then later like poured on top of me. But while this is happening, the two women are like putting white sashes over the top of their heads and they're like standing kind of in the background. And then he puts his hand, the palm of his hand directly on the crown of my head. And as soon as he did that, I could feel like this opening, like the crown of my head had some kind of like an opening. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, okay, I got to get out of here. But like, you know, I'm going to be smart about it. So, and then he starts performing this baptism. That's not a normal baptism. I mean, it's obviously not normal, but it just gets it even more crazy like he you know when you watch a scary movie and you watch like a jewish priest perform an exorcism how he kind of has this accent and he goes up and down with the tones in his voice i, I don't even remember what this guy said but he was like going like with whatever he was saying simultaneously while these two women have their hands pressed together saying amen amen and I'm just like in my head disagreeing with everything that he's saying. Just no, 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 no. And he's pouring the water on top of me while he has his hand on the crown of my head. And finally, it's over. I get dressed again. And then they proceed to keep me there for another two and a half hours. I have to perform this um, Passover with a sash over my head, they made me put my information into this 
crappy black binder that had written on it the book of life. And they said that in the Bible, God says that what we do on earth, they'll do in heaven. I'm like, yeah, just because we write my name in this crappy binder, I'm going to go to heaven. No, I know that. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, cool. But I'm just playing the game because I'm going to get out of there. And so then they keep me there for two more hours to study. And they picked me up at 10. It was 10 o'clock. And then, well, finally, when this is all over, oh, we should go get lunch. We should go get lunch. No, I'm not hungry. Well, you should eat. You're so skinny. I'm like, no, I'm okay. I had plenty earlier and I have more things I need to study. I have classes I have to go to. I'm going to go home. Okay, well, we'll take you to your dorm. No, you leave me where you found me. Oh, oh, are you sure? We'll take you to your dorm. No. I told him, no, you will leave me where you found me. And they dropped me off. It took me every will of my body not to like run. I held it together, but as soon as I stepped out of that car, I wanted to run, but I didn't because I didn't want to make it seem like some kind of a threat. But anyway, I start walking. I'm starting to just like kind of freak out. I'm like, oh my gosh, trying not to cry. And of course I called my boyfriend who's in the Navy. That was so heartbreaking. Like, why did I do that to myself? But I called his, um, his aunt and uncle. His aunt and uncle are so amazing in their knowledge in the Lord and just what they've taught me. And so I called them at the time they were doing soccer games so they weren't home but they're going to be home later so i i went to my dorm i like packed my bags i didn't say anything to my poor roommate she had no idea what had happened or why i didn't show up told her later but i i packed my bags my friend was going to a different school in the same town and she was there in that town so i went and hung out with her until i was able to go to my boyfriend's aunt uncles. And while I was hanging out with my friend, you know, told her what happened. By that time, you know, I'm drying off and my hair is sticky as if like I had lotion in my hair. It smelled like that old lady lotion. And I was just repulsed by it. But he did not put anything in the water. And our water in Colorado is, we have good water. And we drank straight out of the tap. It's not a big deal. And yeah, I don't know what was in that water, but I had to wash my hair. I had to get rid of my shirt. Yeah, it was terrible. But then I, you know, went and saw my or my boyfriend's aunt and uncle helped just give me some tools, you know, listening to worship. Psalm 91 was a really big tool I ended up using. But I mean, you think that was like the worst of it. It really wasn't. What happened after was the hardest part of all that because starting the day after, like if I, even if I thought about it, I I would like start crying. I'm like, what is going on? It really wasn't that scary. 
I knew I needed to get out of there, but I didn't feel like my life was in danger. And I just, it would start like, it was like it would wrench my stomach and I would start crying and crying. And all I could do was pray. And I was like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to pray for, but God, like, you know, give me comfort and give me courage. And I would just start thanking God. And I don't know what this is, why I'm here, what I'm doing, but, you know, thank you for being here. And so it was like the spiritual warfare that would come. And I, I don't know if I was like partially like possessed or just had something like really trying to attach to me, but it, there was something because it would, like I said, it would wrench my stomach around and it would just, it would happen any time of the day. My classes, I would have to leave and like go cry in the bathroom and pray in Psalm 91 and like, thank God. And <clears throat> sorry. Um, finally, well, and it would also, it feeds on emotion too. And, but while I was in classes and stuff, it wasn't too big of a deal, but my sister went into the hospital because her um, appendix was about to rupture and I'm very close with my sister and she was like either a freshman or a sophomore in high school. So she's still like young and uh, I went to go see her and that like, it was just feeding on my sadness and just it's just feeding on that emotion and just, I couldn't get it to stop. And I went to my husband's or boyfriend's now husband, aunt and uncle's house. And while I'm driving, I'm starting to like hyperventilate and like get lightheaded because it's like so strong. And I, I just, I came over myself. I was like, okay, Rhiannon, you need to calm down. You can cry when you get there. And so I did, but while after that, it's like I have a hold of the steering wheel and I'm just gripping it so tightly and like wrenching it around and like knocking, knocking on the side of the door. I'm just like, what the hell is going on with me? Like, I don't, these aren't things I do. And I get there and I'm just like embracing myself going to the door and I knock on the door and they're always so happy to see you, you know, Oh, hi. And I just completely broke down. And then it's like, I started almost, I'm not like convulsing, but it's like, I'm just shaking my hands and my feet. Everything is shaking. And they have four boys, all their boys were there and they just immediately like get the anointing oil. They all, you know, anointed, themselves and then me and started praying and um this whatever it was attached to me what it was holding on to the last thing that it had to hold on to was whether or not my boyfriend was going to believe me and I just flat out I was like no I know and God knows and if Andy doesn't believe me that's his problem and I don't have to marry him I don't have to be with him Mm -mm. I know and God knows so you can go away and it lasts. This was a preview of today's member episode. If you want to hear the whole thing, head on over to the confessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button and become a member today.